This episode of the Fastest Known Podcast is brought to you by Koros. Wearables from Koros help you explore perfection by offering the longest battery life in its class for each of its watch models. For example, in full GPS mode, you get 60 hours of battery life. That's as much as the current FKT on Nolan's 14. Or track in ultra mode to get an astonishing 150 hours of battery life, enough to get an FKT on Vermont's long trail and then some. Koros is proudly worn by many great runners, including Camille Heron, Timothy Olson, Hayden Hawks, Magdalena Boulay, and many others. Track your next FKT with a watch from Koros. Visit koros.com. C-O-R-O-S dot com. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast, broadcasting again at the Summer Outdoor Retailer Show in scenic downtown Denver, Colorado, where we get this parade of amazing athletes, these terrific people, and we have an epic person here with us today, Miss Chrissy Mayo. Mm-hmm. Hi, Buzz. Hi, Chrissy. Now, I could read your CV, but that would take the rest of the 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> we can't do that. So we're going to do a few highlights here. It is quite possible that you, the only person who has won the Hard Rock 100, Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc, and the Ultra Trail du Mont Fiji. Fuji. Fuji. Japan. Right, not Fiji. Fuji. I'm, I'm thinking warm weather here. You're right. It was hot. It was hot. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you run, won UTMB twice. I did. And you go back. That was like the first time it was 2009. First time was 2003. 2003. I won the very first edition of UTMB. Yeah. And then I went back six years later in that's 2009. It. Wow. Yeah, at the encouragement of Scott Drake. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Yep. Okay. When you and Scott are both from Seattle. Yep. He was the guy that got me in the sport. I should say Scott, of course, is from uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. But a Seattle guy, the Seattle Running Company, Scott McCubre, yep. the whole little core scene there. Mm-hmm. And he, Scott Jerk, is the one who got you out of track where you were a pretty good track runner. I was okay. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have anything great to talk home or take home. But, yeah, ultra-distance running when Scott McCubre and Scott Jerk started seeing what I could do when we did the 10Ks and the half marathons and that my pace didn't change. So like, you should go faster when you run shorter, Chrissy. Like, what's the deal? So let's try going the other way. And my pace just kind of stays the same no matter what distance I'm going. Yeah. Wow, that, that's a telling sign. Yeah, and then they found out I could eat really well. So they all go Eating well. is key. Mm-hmm. If you're throwing up, it doesn't go that well. No. So you need the cast iron stomach, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah, I'm wow. well trained for that. And so you go way back, yet... If I may say so, you're not that old, but you've been in the sport a long time. You got started at a relatively early age. I was 22 years old when I ran my first Chuckanut 50K. It was 14 miles from where I grew up, but I'd always looked at the mountains thinking, those are pretty. And then all of a sudden I got to figure out how to get myself there. So that was a pretty cool transition to have be like on your home ground right. as well. That's a good start. You, you're good with mud. I have big feet. It seems to work really well. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make a disparaging no, comment about I, I do well. Pacific Northwest suits me well. Okay. Yeah. Well, you were in Boulder for a very short time, then you went oh, back. Three and a half years. Uh-huh. I figured if Boulder couldn't convince me that the Pacific Northwest was home, then I better move back. And Boulder was great, and I love visiting, but I'm a water girl. I love having the long, long vistas of the ocean or the sound where I'm based right now, and I, I had, they called me back. And you, just going back in your history... You were the athlete manager for the fabled Montreal Patagonia Ultra Running Team, which a lot of people haven't heard of, but everyone aspired at that time to be on that team. That was kind of the shits. It was the only team. 
Like there was no brands dedicating funds or product or anything, like creating product for the trail running market. Runners just wore running gear and now there's this whole specific channel within most brands that trail running is is now focused on but back then the fact that montreal made a shoe for trail running it was called the trs comp trail running series comp oh like, i didn't i didn't get yeah. that yeah i just remember the vitesse the vitesse was in that series Ma- yep i see yeah I see. now people would call those light hikers because they were so early <laughs> compared to what's on the market now but they were trail running shoes <laughs> back in the call. day that's so good and the vitesse especially i mean it's that oh, gosh. gray you know that, brown the amount of lug on the outside <laughs> right. like uh, Vibram. It was like a, con- yep. a combat boot, really. Yeah, a little more flexible, but yeah, more somewhere flexible. along those lines. Yep. Yeah, they would call them light hikers now. They would. That's, that's, I like it. That's good. That was pre-minimalist movement. Definitely. And they, it was hard to make money because they lasted forever. True. Yeah. Yeah. And now bringing it forward with all your experience, you wrote a book. I did. How to run your first ultra? Uh, called Running Your First Ultra. Run. I didn't want the how-to. I don't want to uh, tell anybody what to do. But I would love to share the stories that I've had along the way. And I've found in my own coaching experience, I've been coaching for nine years now, that I really gravitate towards that first timer. Like the curiosity, the like thinking something's impossible, but being curious enough to try. So that first ultra mindset is who I really wanted to target that book at. Nice. Well, yeah. the, the link to that. Uh, to Amazon will be on our website. Oh, thank you. So anyone who's listening, just go to the show notes on the website. You'll see the link to uh, running your first ultra. And it's and here's something else I know about insider information. You're good with spreadsheets. I am really good with spreadsheets. <laughs> kind of enough to just get myself in trouble. Can I add though? I actually, if you oh. want an autographed copy, I sell them off my website. Oh. So you can go directly to chrissymail.com if you can know if you know how to spell my last name. I can manage that. Yeah. So I'll put that link instead in the show notes. Either one. And you autograph every copy. If somebody orders from me directly, I will send oh. a note. And I even put like a little inscription box. So if somebody wants a specific, like if it's a gift or they're running their first oh. thing or they want something specific i'm happy to address that wow. it's kind of fun for me wow yeah that's solid yeah. that's that's maybe that's why you're so well liked you're a nice person you're I tra- generous I, I really enjoy people okay. yeah. yeah this is good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i like what you said about gravitating toward the first timer we had uh latoya in uh the other day and mm-hmm. she was just amazing she has this brilliant perspective noting that you know 80% of the people out there are average, I and mean, that's the definition. Hmm. And we tend to talk about elites kind of a lot, hmm. even on this particular podcast, that's what we tend to do, hmm. pe- people such as yourself. But by definition, most of the people are average, hmm. if not first-timers. So I appreciate that that's part of your orientation. Oh, I just really enjoy that mind- that mindset. And I think a couple decades in, for myself, that keeps it really fresh because you get to go back to that beginner's mindset. Like I love new, learning new things, like aside from running or whatever, because you get to have that mindset of like failing and trying again and learning. And you don't like if you do something as long as I have, there's less of that, right? So, so you, you keep, know it too. <laughs> well, I've been around a few years. Yeah. So 2003 UTMB. inaugural edition now it's just this huge scene Mm -hmm. Uh, it was 600 runners even then that was a big deal in 2003 that's pretty good for 2003 now it's 10,000 I know 
right? It's like four or five, I lost count events. Well, and the way they did it that first year, everybody started together and you could stop at Champelac, or sorry, Comoyer, Champelac, or make the full round to Chamonix. Oh. So the event like was coordinated a little differently that first year. I'm not sure when it was in the next six years where they came up with each individual race. So you signed up for a specific race. But that first year, you could choose as you went. Interesting. Gotcha. So I say I won by attrition. <laughs> well, that's because you're humble. I'm stubborn. stubborn. <laughs> I insisted on going all the way around. <laughs> well, so what have you seen? That's 15, 16 years ago, and mm-hmm. you won a race relatively recently, so you're still out there and doing things. Yep. So what's it look like, Chrissy? I mean... The sport? Yeah. Oh, it's grown and changed. and like uh-huh. Even the reference we were making to Montreal, being, Montreal Patagonia being the only team sponsor to... I don't even know how many there are now. Honestly, I really right. don't know how many brands consider that they have themselves a trail team, which is such a different pla- uh, landscape, right? right? And then what comes with that? There's more products. There's more people engaging. There's more, like, viewership. Before it was the black and white ultra running magazine that <laughs> gave you any kind of indication of what was going on in the ultra scene. There was also Trail Runner magazine, but like those two were where you found out about this stuff. Now you can watch videos of people doing races and events and FKTs and all over. Right. All over. Right. Right. Is that good? I think so. I love yeah. this sport. And if there's that many people that can be intrigued enough to join in, I, I feel like it gathers, the tribe is getting bigger. And so it's, it's a, a gathering of like-minded people. Nice. Because you hear griping, which is natural. Mm. It's total human nature. Someone's gets in the bar and they want to close the barn door anyone else in mm-hmm. after them it's like oh no they're not real so and so it's too crowded oh whatever whatever but you've been in it for 16 years at uh, least almost 20 almost 20 yeah um and you're happy you're it's mm-hmm. a bigger tent you love the sport people are having a good time totally and my role in it is definitely changing i don't i did the gaoli gong 165 kilometer last march like 2018 so it's been that long yeah the one in china and it's been that long since I really raced. I got to run a, a awareness race in Tasmania in April. It was a 70-kilometer race to bring awareness to a nonprofit that Patagonia works with, the Bob Brown Foundation. Mm-hmm. And that was more like stewardship as opposed to competition. And that's where I feel my ties to the sport going. And the way I view it is I'm adding layers to something that I love or there's just more iterations of the same thing. So competition has been one lens and now I have all these other lenses. Like I get to pace Kyle Robidoux at uh, Western States in a couple weekends. He's the first visually impaired runner to run Western States. Wow. And I coached high school cross country last fall. And you did? Yeah, up in well, Seattle you're area. way nicer than me. <laughs> I couldn't well, do that. Well, it's just adding all these layers of loving to run. I, the, since I've been home from Australia, I was in Australia and New Zealand for most of April, I've had one weekend at home. All the other ones have been volunteering at races. I was at Bighorn this last weekend pacing a really dear friend. So I'm just really like engaged in the sport, maybe even like more time than I have been because when you're competing it's actually you, less you time focus yeah so now it, I have that got, energy to spread over more things you're running or resting or eating mm-hmm. yeah wow adding more layers of why I love it yep that's okay that'll mm-hmm. be our quote for this show you're making me feel sort of like a schmuck though why well, that's I, not the intention <laughs> 
Well, I, I guess I, I feel more self-centered than you. I don't think I'm as nice as you well, are. Well, you've got the pro boards, and you bring awareness, and uh, you work in a brand, and you I guess I do. sponsor athletes, and I guess that's true. talk to the old-timers like me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's a relative statement, is it not? Yeah, kind of. The amount of time I've been in, I guess. Yeah. 41's not as old as I thought it would be. Uh-huh. It doesn't feel as old as it I thought it would. Feel, I mm-hmm. see. When you were 22, you looked at 41. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I'd go back like 10 when my parents were celebrating their 40th birthday. You know, the over-the-hill black mm-hmm. balloons. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, that looked like the end of the world. It doesn't feel like that at all. I had a lip-sync battle for my 40th birthday. Like, totally <laughs> different deal. <laughs> well, as they you continue this forward, so what is... Uh, what does it look like this year? Or what does it look like for your 50th birthday? Do you have any projects? I mean, obviously you have a lot of projects. You were home one week in the past few months. Yeah. But really, is there a, a singular next for you? Right now I'm, I'm putting a lot of focus on writing another book. Oh. It's, um, my co-writer came up with this really great statement. If running your first ultra is the how, running with boys is the why. Running with boys. That's what I want to call it. What? A well, I grew topic. up in the sport with all these amazing men. Like that's all I knew. There was women were few and far between at that time in terms of getting to train and spend time in the mountains or race with. And now that's a pretty instrumental part. Like, think about Trail Sisters, Gina right. Crezzi's program. Like there's a lot more. I have my own group of women that I train with in Bellingham now, but that wasn't the first decade plus of my. So this is personal in the history. Yep. And a little bit of perspective on a very personal nature, I would think. Uh, yeah, writing's a pretty cathartic. You think running's cathartic? Writing's on next level of that, of like figuring yourself out, yeah. And also it's the butt in the chair, which is really hard. That is really hard. It's just, it's just I'd rather do anything than put my butt in the chair and mm. write. So good job. Yeah, it usually comes after a good long run. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm working with a co-writer, Laura Larson, who um, helps me helps pull more out of me than maybe sometimes I'm comfortable sharing or... Sometimes when you know your own story so well, you skip over things because you know it. So she helps draw in those details to make it more interesting to the reader. So running with boys, what is she drawing out of you? Give us a little quick tidbit. I'd like to hear that. People want to hear that. You have a perspective. Of course, right now it's a huge topic. Me Too, justifiably, is worldwide. Mm. It's very, very important. Mm -hmm. So what's your perspective from that era? What are we going to see? From that directly, I feel like I got a really positive feedback from a a good friend of mine who's also a writer and her point was that in this era of like how would you say like men really the whole me too movement and like not really knowing where to where to be and how to interact or whatever there's a lot of strife around that like this story shows a lot of like upbringing of both gender like it wasn't specific that I was woman and man like it wasn't a thing it was we ran and we had this great collaboration through training, through racing, through travel. Like, there's all these great stories that came out of that. And there was, thankfully, no issue along. Interesting. I say me too. <laughs> so your, your particular story is it was sort of gender neutral. You were all I in it like together. It. You were all, if I may say so, without giving up your femininity or your, your feminine nature, your nature as a woman, mm. that you were gender neutral in terms of that participation, that activity you were able to thrive yeah maybe just we ran we're runners like you don't have to like anything else like we all get to be on the starting line in shorts and a t-shirt and off we go kind of thing i think that's hopefully that's what comes through in terms of that regard that there are some positive things from that era that didn't have to be power position or anything like that 
Great. Yeah. That's a good story. Thanks. Happy yeah. to There will be a lot of other ones that come out, <laughs> too. Good. Yeah. When's the book coming out? I am in the search of an agent right now. So uh-huh. that is, this is a part that I didn't do on the first book. The publisher came directly to me. We signed a contract, and I know every step forward from there. This whole, like, finding an agent, selling to a publisher, uh, well, first writing the proposal, and then those things. This is, this, like, it's a new challenge, for okay. sure. All right. Yeah, so I'm excited. And you're a voter on the fastest known time of the year awards, mm-hmm. which is fun. FKT of the year awards gives a chance to highlight things that are just really fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. The cash prize is fairly minimal. Has Zero. there ever been cash no, in a prize? It's a little joke there. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> you don't get anything. Exactly. The, the respect of your peers. But mainly it's to inspire other people so you can see what's cool, what's new, what's mm-hmm. interesting. It's not really a competition. You know, first, second, or third in a race, that's a competition. Mm-hmm. But the FKT of the Year Awards aren't really a competition. It's really a way of highlighting interesting things. Mm-hmm. So what have you been seeing in the evolution of fastest known times? Just the number of people trying, like, like coming up with their own lines. And that's what I is so intriguing to me about FKTs is... I am so thankful for the decades of races that I did to understand the mountains, understand the weather, how to move through them. And I feel that base is what then launched me into trying these FKTs because I had this base of knowledge that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And so then taking that next step of drawing your own lines, like how do you come up with your own, say, course and what beautiful things attract you if it's a mountain or point to point or a canyon, whatever it is that you want to go traverse. What is your favorite personal one that you have personally have done oh man now i get to go through the memory banks of all the fun <laughs> events ah, you were on the, the wonderland i've done the wonderland the grand canyon the zion traverse and I, classics western oh, classics definitely yeah this side of the mountain of the rockies um i would say my favorite though if i have to pick one is the most recent with the tahoe rim trail fkt oh, in 2015 that's a long i guess that's just long it's the furthest i've ever gone and I had 12 people all rally around me out there. It was a team effort. As anything is, I ran every step. You know, I had to cover the distance. But in the supported fashion, it becomes more than the runner's right. goal. And I I really thrive in that environment. I love sharing experience. I, my, one of my quotes is, life is better shared. To me, to me I like enjoy looking at a mountain with someone as opposed to <laughs> or looking at a viewscape from the top of a mountain with someone as opposed to on my own even if it's my pup but someone um but the tahoe rim trail was such a wee effort that i think that'll remain pretty special for a long time now I'm, this is the top of my head 165 miles yep nice work. Okay. yep thank you that's my understanding yeah <laughs> how long did it take 47, 29, 47 hours and 29 minutes. How much did you sleep during that? 40 minutes. 40 minutes? Yep. To the nose. Like, I woke up right before the alarm went off in Tahoe. So I ran 70 miles, and we'd intended... Isn't that 70? We started... I think it was 70 miles in. We started and then ran, and we'd had the intention of sleeping again. But Darcy and Gina and I saw a bear on the trail. So by the time we got into the next checkpoint, we were so lit up, there was no sleeping. <laughs> so we just kept charging and finished the last marathon. A pretty pretty quick clip. They were just thinking, the team was just thinking that I um, wanted to break the record, which was 49.11, if I remember. And I wanted to be done in less than two days. So I, I wanted to take more than an hour off the time. And that, once I, there's something about the way I said it in that last marathon that, 
got their attention, and that was when the mission like became a Kicked really group gear. effort. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing. Well, that's some good pacers. Oh, Gina, Darcy, yeah. Monica, Kathleen, yeah. Jet. Like, I mean, I had oh, such a great crew. And it was really fun watching how the girls and guys interacted to make it all happen. Mm. And a lot of them hadn't really met each other. Like, they maybe knew one of the other people on the crew kind of thing. And the way they all came together around the event and now have these bonds through that one time together, those two days together, it's a pretty special story. I love telling that one in sideshows or whatever. That's excellent. That's that's what you've been saying. The connections with the people. Mm-hmm. Wow. Community is right. important to me. Community is important. Over two days, something's going to gel or it's not going to Or, yeah, well. or not. <laughs> it could have gone the other way, too. <laughs> totally. It can go the yeah. other way. And then especially in that <laughs> environment, there was one guy that knew the way around. Gary Gellin joined us last minute, and he's gone after that record a couple times on his own. So he was kind of a guiding light in a lot of the, the travel behind the scenes for the crews. But not a lot of people didn't know where they were or how to navigate. And, like, that could be, that could go sideways real fast. But real fast. they really figured out how to work together when, like, somebody would take over and take charge and other people could just kind of get stuff done. And then depending on who was tired or whatever, they would, you know, shift roles without it even being a conversation. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to listen to them talk about their experience after. Nice. Wow. And got done under 48 hours that's a nice mm-hmm. milestone on 40 minutes of sleep yeah that's, that's sort of minimal yeah yeah i think it was 40 minutes of sleep something yeah. like that well good work yeah. it, what's uh and i just to recap this wonderland trail in case we talked too fast earlier trans zion and rim to rim to rim yep and now tahoe rim these are big test pieces mm-hmm. these are the classics out in the west yeah love them. anything Oh, you started the John Muir Trail one time. I did, yeah. yeah. Jen Shelton was going for her fourth attempt on it. And Spreadsheet, that's my trail name, <laughs> came in to help organize a little bit better. Spreadsheet is your trail Given name? Given to me by Jenny Jerk on the Appalachian Trail. Yep. Wow. Okay. Because <laughs> I come in with my organization <laughs> skills to like make all this like plan as much as you can. If there's one lesson I've learned, though, in all the spreadsheet planning, is then you hand it over and you go... And everything could change because if you're not open to that flexibility, no, you're gonna get. If you knocked. have to stick to the spreadsheet, it's just like life. Unfortunately, I wish I could put my life in a spreadsheet, but it doesn't work that way. You have to be open to the flexibility of Business what might is happen. The same. Yep, everything's the same. That's great. <laughs> Interesting. So, what might be next? You've uh, rim to rim to rim. There's a certain time frame. Transion is actually pretty similar time-wise, isn't it? Yeah, it was pretty close. Yeah. I kind of blew up at Zion, but... (laughs) Wonderland Trail is obviously longer. The Tahoe Rim is distinctly longer. Mm -hmm. So what might be next for you in the FKT world? I don't really honestly have anything on my radar up front. I do ask... You said something earlier about, like, um, like 40th. I had a lip sync battle. Like, what was my 50th? I I do have a vision of hiking the PCT when I turn 50. And so maybe that year. But I... I want to take the time to do it, and I think that's why I've pushed it out another decade or whatever, is to have, like, the through-hiker experience as opposed to the trail runner experience. Good call. So, But that one's a little ways down the line. I have a guess. I'm not sure if it's true at all. Just mm-hmm. one of my one-liners. Everyone who does the PCT is either, either in their early 20s or their late 50s. Yep. Uh, I, until the Cheryl Strayed book came out. Then I think then your thing might have changed a little bit. <laughs> You're right. She, she opened wild, up the PC2 to a lot of people. Wild changed that game. I think it went up 30% the Something next crazy, year. yeah. Yeah. But before that, it was young people who 
out on an adventure out before they've landed in life. Yeah. And once you land, you can't do it. Well, you don't yeah. got the time. You got to force yourself. Right? It's then, all the harder. And then on the back end of that, you're back on it. Mm-hmm. Of course, there is the pros while going for FKTs. So they're mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. in the prime. But other than that, I like your idea. I, I had the same thing myself. Mm. I don't want to ask people to come out there and support me on this thing. It'd be crazy. It's, oh, just, it's so long. It's so long. This would take, well, well, I'm not sure how long it takes, but certainly 60 days. Right. That's the record right now. Oh, it's a little, it's under that. Under that even? I'm, wow. I'm just calling it. I remember when David Horton said it at 66 days. Yeah. Right. Right. And he had you know, this whole crew out there. Mm-hmm. I was part of it in Washington. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, hmm. You know, just be a thru-hiker. Thru-hiker is a classic way to do this. Right, like trail magic. I think I'd love to experience some of the stories I hear around that. Yeah, yep. just be open. Mm-hmm, yeah. Take yeah. a zero day by a lake. <laughs> Sounds pretty fabulous. <laughs> but still go light. I will bring that pa- oh. that piece of trail running in is the light aspect. you got to go light. Yeah. Your weight is doomed. Mm-hmm. People think that... Uh, um, at bringing things will make you comfortable. Mm. It's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It's literally a paradoxical equation. Mm-hmm. I believe it. And there's two ways to do these things. One is, are you a camper or are you through hiker or backpacker mm-hmm. or hiker? Mm-hmm. And so if you're a camper, that means you're just moving your camp mm. night by night. Makes sense. And so to bring camp shoes or a book to read makes sense. But if you're a hiker... No, your only reason you're camping is because your tires dark and it's time to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. For them, the less things you take make you more comfortable. Yep. Because as you know, the difference between 10 to 15 pounds on your back is massive. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, you know who first taught me that was Andrew Skirka. <laughs> I yes. threw hiked the Colorado Trail with him in 2006 on the tail of my divorce, and that was talk about healing. And he came over. I had like all my clothes laid out, and I thought I'd strip down pretty good. <laughs> no, oh, and sorry. he like I'm, I'm th- seeing this. I'm seeing oh, this taking right? place. <laughs> Spoon in half, toothbrush in half. Threw out <laughs> half of the clothes that I brought. He allowed me to bring two pairs of socks. No, he allowed me to bring a camera because cell phones didn't take pictures then. 2006. He allowed me to bring a camera. Uh, no journal. No book. Headlamp. Yeah, it was pretty minimal. Yeah, and I learned the benefit of that. We were able to do 30-plus miles a day. Right. Yeah. AndrewSkirka.com. <laughs> People ask me, how do you do the da-da-da? AndrewSkirka.com. Just yeah. do it. Read yeah. what he says and do it. He's he's really good He was at a this. great one to learn from, for yeah. sure. I hadn't even backpacked before. That was my first backpacking experience. <laughs> was my spoon being broken in half. <laughs> Zero to 60 in four seconds. Yeah. Good for you. Mm-hmm. My like, favorite lesson from that whole thing was to eat dessert first. Oh, really? The rationale was you get into camp, you're tired and hungry, you need to set up tent, so you eat your back. chocolate bar, so you get to have the sugar, set up camp, and then you have, he always had these like really pretty watery dinners, right? Like mashed potatoes or couscous right. or things right. that you could like cook in three minutes on a Cat tuna. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so then that helps rinse out your mouth. So that when you brush your teeth with your half toothbrush, it's not as like chocolatey <laughs> gross. I was like, dessert first. I like it. <laughs> Okay, and also chocolate. Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Without yeah. dark chocolate, what are you doing? Uh-uh. Every day. It's just not. Yeah. What, what's the point <laughs> of not doing that? Yeah. 
Okay, but these are techniques, techniques from the experts. Hope everyone's picking up these uh, insider tips here. You mean dessert first. <laughs> dessert first and make sure it's dark chocolate. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? I have a favorite percentage. What's your percentage? Oh, I have a favorite brand. Oh. It's actually Bellingham Local. I don't, I don't know Oh, that. it's great. Bija Chocolate. Oh. They're actually in the transition of um, name change, but um, right now it would be known as Bija Chocolate, and they have a... What is it? Eighty percent sea that's, salt. That's a little bitter. Um, oh, I like that. There we oh. go. That's right around my wheelhouse. Oh. See, you're yeah, 75, 80 percent. Not only are you tougher than I, you're nicer than I am. You're tougher than I. Am. I'm, I'm <laughs> With my the, chocolate taste. I'm in the sixty-six percent. That's 60. almost milk. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just. Uh, I'm weakly. I'm just a uh, wussy guy. Well, there's some more sugar into that. You'll get more calories than I will. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, good for you. I, I'll, I'll try that next time I'm up in the Northwest. Ah. Your local chocolate. Yeah, they're good stuff. But Chrissy, it's been a delight. Oh, well, thanks. As always. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully you don't have to listen to too much of the background OR noise. <laughs> I know. We'll have to see how this comes out. Yep. Because people are, it's, it's, there's it's, background it's noise. It's buzzing here. here in the hall. It yep. is. <laughs> it is. I look forward to a report, so please stay in touch. Of course. Next time you do an FKT, we want to hear all about it. Yeah, the Pro Boards is a really cool site, like in terms of instigating. We, we and Pro Boards. Yep. You know, it's fastestknowntime.com, which is a custom-designed site. Oh, so okay. So Pro, Pro Boards. Boards is gone. It, well, oh, actually, back in the day, that was the thing. It was. <laughs> Peter Backwin just maintained that single-handedly for 10 years. Yep. We brought in Jeff Schuler, who wrote coded entirely new website very cool you go up on the front page and there's this map of the world with little heat maps on it so you just zero in anything it's a bucket list if you're going anywhere you can simply go to fastestknown.com fastestknowntime.com and see what's up see what's i obviously haven't gone after one in a while because i haven't been on the the site (laughs) excellent i'm excited to check it out good yeah you will be on it in a few weeks Mm mm-hmm the podcast oh right because this is where this is living (laughs) got it (laughs) got it thank you for your time thanks buzz i'm glad we got to do this